Sophia. I'm Yanni. And、um, for our Christmas and July special this week, what movie have we watched? Look, we decided to sit down and crack open、uh, Saving Christmas. Well, I should say Kurt Cameron's Saving Christmas. Kurt That is the、Cameron's、official Saving Christmas. And a、um, little bit of a throwback. I was like, who is this guy? Who is Kurt <laughs> Cameron? What is he? Why does, why does he, he get the named after him? Yes, why does he get the and of, like he was in Growing Pains, which is fair enough, I guess that、mm-hmm. was a big hit, but other than that, not sure. Not really a whole lot going on. He's definitely an enemy of the podcast. Kurt Cameron says homosexuality is unnatural, is one yeah,、um, idol here. No deal, Kirk. No deal,、Fuck、sorry. Sorry, Kirk. We instantly are no longer friends. Not that we were friends to begin with. Guys, this movie, okay, was released in 2014 with a budget of $500,000. And boy, does it show. This、yeah. movie still <laughs> made $2.5 million, which is actually pretty good.、Um, I yeah, wasn't that makes it a success,、succeed. which is so horrible.、Uh, um, <laughs> so, we just want to have a quick disclaimer before we watch this movie,、uh, before we go through this movie.、Yes. Um, so, this movie is all about putting the Christ back in Christmas, which. As people who are not religious, like I can kind of respect as much as I can.、Um, yeah. And there are a lot of things about this movie that are bad, aside from like the religious stuff.、Um, so we will be, we're, tr- we're going to try not to rip into the religious side of things. Not that we're going to be like, oh my God, Christians are stupid, because、yeah. they're not. No.、Um, and I think、that. it's, I th- I'm going to say that a lot of this comes down to the writing and the two.、Mm-hmm. This, it's, it'd be more of an attack on、um, the writers than actually the, the religion itself because、yeah. they, they make some, they draw some conclusions and they,、yeah. they connect things. And I just don't、yeah. think the greater community of,、um, of Christianity is doing this. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, we'll get into it, but I think probably most of the Christians that I know at least would relate to the villain. Air quotes、yes. in this movie, and、yes. I even relate to the the villain in this、yes. movie more than I relate to any other character, which there's like two of like two speaking roles. Which I think what sh- is what shocked a lot of critics when they went and saw yeah. this. Yeah, well, because the title is called Saving Christmas. Saving Christmas, which so you would think kind of, it'd I mean, be saving、like、it from the、Trump、atheists, kind of thing. Because it's、mm-hmm. like Trump is like there's a war on Christmas. Like I mean. A couple years ago, Starbucks released that because they did a holiday coffee cup and then they did the, the blank red cup with no Christmas decorations. And、yes. everyone went crazy. They said, they, they're like, oh my God, like Starbucks is politically correct. Like, they're, you know, there's a war on Christmas. And this war on Christmas thing has just kind of come up in recent years. Like, it's like there's not other holidays that are at this time of year in other religions or it's、I、just、know. the holiday season. It's, It's, it's so dumb. It's like people are getting angry for wanting to include everyone in the holiday. Anyway, so this is from the Wikipedia page of Saving Christmas. So the film received a zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes,、um, mm. won four out of six nominated categories for the Golden Raspberries, including、yeah. Worst Picture, number、Love、two、it. on the IMD Bottom 100 list within one month of its release. It's now been considered one of the worst films of all time, and Kirk Cameron actually blamed atheists. For、oh. the film's poor reception, of course. Logical. So, so、um, that being said, we are going to jump right in. Should we do a plot synopsis? Do you want me to go get some crunchy food? Oh, yeah, we didn't do that last time, did we? We couldn't. Because I was in the car. Oh, oh that's right. 
he was oh, no, struggling. We just, we just didn't do it. Yeah, it just right. it just didn't fall to plan. Um, give me a second. I think I've got something. Wait, do you want to eat? Turn on the turn on the elevator music. I have returned. So you're gonna be eating the food. Is that okay? Yes, I will be eating. Lovely. And I've got a plot synopsis. Well, go ahead and hit me with it, big pot. All right. So this is for Saving Christmas 2014. Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, I should say. Right. Kirk is enjoying the annual Christmas party extravaganza thrown by his sister until he realizes he needs to help out Christian, his brother-in-law, who has a bad case of the bar humbugs. Kurt's fresh look at Christmas provides Christians the chance to see Christ is where he has always been, at the centre of our Christmas celebrations and traditions. Can Kirk save his in-laws' opinions on Christmas, or will he have to celebrate a holiday like this without him? Great. Fantastic. Right. Could you hear uh, what I was chewing? No, but uh, it, it had a fork. It did. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it was, um, was it, oh, chickpeas. What? I don't know. I had to think vegetarian. Is it a curry? No, I'm just thinking like pasta. Oh, boring. It's my dinner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty much this movie. Um, again, like all these movies, very long. For very, what it is, yeah. Very long could be a 45 minute special could be half yeah, an hour could be half an hour it's literally an episode they had the three things it's like a sometimes... grand pains episode yeah exactly um, um all right so what's yeah. your first note okay so the movie starts off with this really weird piece to camera um where he's talking about christmas he's drinking out of this empty cup yeah and he's <laughs> And he's talking about how much he loves, he really loves hot chocolate and he wants us to know that in this movie. He says it so many times so that he loves hot chocolate and it's an empty cup, clearly an empty cup. Yeah, he's like, the way he's swinging it around, you know, there's nothing like weighing that cup down. It's just completely free-flowing. Um, so yeah, he's he's talking in this weird piece to camera about how much he loves Christmas and then he's like, but there are some wet blankets who like to ruin it for everyone, essentially. And he's like, there are some outside of Christianity and there are also some inside Christianity who think it should be more about Jesus. Well, I'm going to show you why that's wrong. That's pretty much the intro. Yeah. I think he was going for a real like, oh, I, I got the like Christmas vibes. Like, I'm going to sit down and tell you a story. Yeah. I feel like that happens in Christmas specials. Uh-huh. And, um... He kept taking really long pauses in this monologue that he was doing, um, um, like like Dora the Explorer. Like he was expecting us yeah. to be like say yeah say something mm. in return. Um, and he kept like yeah at the start he was just listing things that were around him. He was like, I love stocking. I, I love, love trees. Christmas trees. I love yeah. presents. I love the fireplace. I love hot chocolate. Did I mention I love hot chocolate with lots of whipped cream? It's like. Okay, I've never drunk hot chocolate with whipped cream on top. I don't know if I'm missing things, but that yeah. seems like it would be gross. But it was um, so boring. I was watching the fire for a long time. I feel yeah, like the fire was, was upstaging him. It it, it was, was louder than him at one point. I was like, oh. It was very long. So then we go through this like animated sequence and it is also really, really long. It just drags everything out. You see like the costume designer for some reason before the director of photography. <laughs> like it's like oh. costume designer the dop and then like the writers executive producer which is Kirk Cameron and then the title Saving Christmas it's like why do we need to know who the costume designer is yeah and this so random the opening sequence was I guess telling you what's to come because it was like it was telling the story of Jesus Christ and how he was born Mm. um, which I feel like everyone knows it's a very well-known story but then it kept like changing aspects of the story like the way it was visually telling it, like, oh no, they didn't mm. wear those hats, they wore these hats, or the yeah. the manger didn't look like this, it looked like this. And it kind of was setting us up for what we were have we were was to come, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um so then we cut into like the actual movie. Um Oh, can I just say there was there was another studio logo that happened weirdly after the monologue. 
Yes. Like we had we had logos which happen at the start, obviously. Yeah. And then we had his monologue. Then we had the intro animation. Then we had another logo come up. <laughs> I was just like, what's going on? This movie is already a mess. I think they didn't yeah. I think they edited it at home. Honestly, it looks like something like his kids might I don't know if he has kids. It looks like something that was filmed by like high school kids. It looks like something that I made in, in like year yes, twelve film. For for a project like, or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, the frame rate is really high, so it looks like it's just they just hired like a really expensive camera and they just thought they could use it like an iPhone camera. Um, and like <laughs> the first shot is of like his sister slaving away in the kitchen. She looks so fucking tired. Like yeah. <laughs> she looks like she's absolutely clocked the fuck out. Like she looks so tired. Like there's bags under her eyes. I don't know if it's just like, because she's older or just, I don't know if it's just like the way her face is, is constructed, I, but like she looked so exhausted. I think that they've done her like that because of the strain that <laughs> the husband is putting on the relationship by not enjoying the no. Christmas season. There's a real really, strain there. It really made it like, it was like going to break their relationship apart. Like that's kind of how they were making it seem like, <laughs> Her love for Christmas against his disdain for Christmas was really just going to absolutely destroy, like, the family that they had built together. It's true. She was like, everything's fine. Oh, no, it's not. And, like, she does this weird, like, turnaround and it's very dramatic. And then Kurt Cameron comes around and he's like, oh, is Christian behaving? Do I need to take him out in the backyard and give him a good beating or some something weird like that? Like who? Like you're who gonna beat you? up your brother-in-law. That guy's like six four, mind you. He would <laughs> eat your ass up. Like he would actually fucking kill you. Um. So then it's like there's Uncle Bill, who's Santa. Uncle Bill looks the same age as all of them. Is it like did their mum have him like when yeah. she was really old? Like because we don't even see like a grandma. Like we don't see grandparents either. It's like a no. really weird group of people who are and like it- at the Christmas dinner. It's like a bunch of their friends. And there's, like, no family. And as if Kirk Cameron was like, who's the Santa guy? Like, as if you couldn't tell your own uncle. Yeah, it was weird. It was just super weird. And then, like, yeah, it was just strange. And then we basically get into um, Christian, who I guess is meant to represent oh. all the Christians who want to yeah. put the Christ back in Christmas. This is after Kirk Cameron has announced to everyone to come and get more hot chocolate. He says it again oh, yeah. Here. He's like, They've everyone, got- hot chocolate. And they got this huge fountain. <laughs> and he's squirting, like, cream in the kids' <laughs> oh, yeah. mouths. And, like, he's got, like, an actual fucking dispenser. Like, he's a barista. He's just yeah. fucking hosing off. He's hosing everyone off with hot chocolate. Like, he's absolutely going to town on that hot chocolate. So Christian is in the other room sulking. Yeah. And he's basically like, some people are just determined to see the worst in everything. And it's like, okay. This is where this is going to go. So this is basically the whole movie. Then, I don't know, something happens. Christian throws a fit and he goes out to the car. And that's where they spend like the next 45 minutes of the movie, just like in the car talking about Jesus. The the tracking movements outside of the stories, the character of Kirk Cameron is in the kitchen. Then he goes to the living room, car, and then the doorway. I don't think he even makes it back in the house. He does on the dance break, which you missed. Oh, he, yeah. So, basically, they, Christian's in the car. He's really unhappy. And, like, and um, Kirk says to his sister, who I don't even think has a name in this movie. He's like, No, she's just known as Kirk's sister. <clears throat> and Christian's wife, which is, you know, women, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... She's like, oh, you know, he's really upset. Maybe you could go and cheer him up. And he's like, okay, you know, I'll go out and have a chat. So he goes out to the SUV where Christian is sitting at the wheel. He's like, he's, you can tell that he's like really morose. Like he's playing this really sad guy who just is, and he, and Kirk's like, what's wrong? Tell me. Christian rattles off with this monologue that I thought was perfectly rationalized. Like, I thought, yeah. you know, I could, I honestly could agree with pretty much everything that he said. Yeah. Yes, he said at one point we shouldn't spend so much money. Or, like, mm-hmm. I, I think about all the money we spent on the kids' gifts and I thought how many they don't play with wells them, like, could have we later? built? Yeah. Like, you know, he was saying things that I think 
resonate with a lot of people, not even Christians, but most people when the Christmas season comes around, when it's like, you know, it's a lot of waste, it's a lot of money. It's a yeah, lot of people time. get very lavish. They just put a whole it's lot of shit into it. It's very materialistic. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, you know what? That's a perfectly rational argument. So I know that he is now the villain of the story. Yeah. <laughs> because Kirk is like, hmm, yep, I hear you. I hear you. But you're wrong. <laughs> and here's why. And then he, he, yeah, he literally said, I actually wrote down that dialogue. He's like, and the music got very creepy when he said this. He was like, you're wrong. And then Christian's like, about what? And then Kirk's like, about everything, everything. you just said. And Christian's like, I said a lot. And he's like, yeah, it's all wrong. And then he just yeah, goes into says, all these you expressions. The like, yeah, he goes into all these expressions, like euthanisms and, and stuff like that. He's like, you drank the Kool-Aid. You took the bait. Hook, line, sinker. You swallowed the whole thing. He literally said all those things. It's like, mm. what, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he's like, and you're ruining it for everyone because you had a really eloquent observation of consumerism in the modern age. And now I'm going to tell you why you're wrong about everything. I so know. And then we spend basically the rest of the movie in this car and Kirk Cameron's telling us to imagine things. Like we do a lot of imagining in this movie. What I don't understand is he's saying that he's, he's making out like he is the Grinch. Like he is ruining Christmas. He has, you know, flipped a table or he's Mm. punched some kid or he's literally like, I don't know, done something horrible to the whole family. But what Mm. he's actually done is he sat on the couch He's even wearing a Christmas sweater. He sat yeah. on the couch and by himself quietly sulking. And then he went out to the car. So he's actually removed himself from the situation. Yeah, you can tell he doesn't actually want to make other people upset. Yes. He's just kind of trying to deal with this conflict of, you know, this is meant to be a time where we are really nice to people, but instead all we're doing is spending money on ourselves, being wasteful and being really lavish and materialistic, which is, I mean, I have those thoughts every christmas personally i'm like and i think a lot of people do so we basically have three stories coming up i that um because what is it oh because christian when he's saying the bad stuff he outlines several ones yeah basically three things that are wrong um the first one being relating um, to like christianity and christmas so there's like jesus is like removed from the situation so he's like People are removing Jesus because now we have all these decorations, but the only thing we have is this one snow globe of Jesus. Yeah, in the the manger. And basically he's like, you know, they've pushed Jesus out of the actual celebration when he should be the center of the celebration. Yeah. So this is the first, first, yeah. The first one is focused on a snow globe, specifically a snow globe of uh, the birth of Jesus. The nativity kind of thing. And like, this is the first... And, like, for every kind of all of these points, Kirk Cameron takes us on this, like, imagination journey where it's, like, it's a movie. We're already in that zone. You don't have to tell us to to imagine imagine something. We're already doing that. It's so, it, like, infuriated me. I was, like, are you serious? So Christian would always be at the start of each of the three stories. Uh, it's not in the Bible. It's yeah. very unchristian like for this to happen. Like the, he was stuck in his ways. He was very convinced that that was the thing. Then we drift off into Kirk Cameron's world and it's got this weird like kind of like um on those shopping channels when they're trying to sell an item and it's like literally like it's just the item or the antique road shows like it's just the item lit up and nothing's around it. So the first item we see is this snow globe. And then we we're, we're in a cave. I guess it's supposed to be the main like spotlighting yeah basically they say and they say this and I was just like this is not for real so basically they say is they're talking about when Jesus was born and at the time there was the whole thing about killing all the babies Mm -hmm. and they say you know we got to take away Joseph take away Mary take away even Jesus but leave Mm -hmm. like the cloth because like the cloth was there when he was born and also when he died because I think it was like they were expecting the baby to be killed. And then they say this, right? They say, Jesus was the baby that came to die, but not until the appointed time. By that logic, we are all babies that came to die. (laughs) Like, that's what life is. Like, you you are born and then later on, you die. Yeah. (laughs) At the appointed time. Yeah, at the appointed time, whatever whatever the fuck that means. Um, 
can I also just say before we get into that, there was that side scene where it was kind of like that spoken word rap between the sassy black character, which we had. Oh, has that happened yet though? Yeah, yeah, it had. Um, no, it hadn't. Sorry, my apologies. That's right after. So they do this like spoken word rap about like the war and Christmas cups, which is clearly a voiceover. Yeah, it's oh my god, so obviously voiceover, and it's kind of like they're trying to like protect themselves from the feds because the feds are listening and it's like this whole you know they're being watched it's like a conspiracy theory thing and then they say and i don't know if they're being serious or if they're joking and it's satirical like i literally can't tell um and then they say this and this like absolutely enraged me to my core this is like verbatim what they say come on man they put in fluoride in our water that's got to cause at least asperger's like yeah, and I'm like, what? So, and they mixed in, like, there was, there was a shout-out to the bees in there. They were like, bees are all dying. And I'm like, hell yes, they are. Yeah, um, they are save dying. Save the bees. But that's not um, a conspiracy theory. That's no, that's just, not like, a conspiracy. Facts. That's actually facts, like, that we're like, losing the bees. I, I was fully expecting now. them to say that the earth was flat at some point during that. Like, I know. It was just, like, I, I couldn't tell if they were being for real or if they were, like, po- poking fun at people. And do you know what like, the... I couldn't. I literally couldn't tell. And the spawn of all of this was the fact that this guy isn't allowed to wear a silly shirt on Fridays anymore. That's he this, right. He has this huge rant about how and he's they're like, not letting him do silly rights. Fridays, silly shirt Fridays. And then he's like, next they'll be getting rid of Friday and then Thursday and then Tuesday. And I'm like, but who's can't take hump day. It's like, who's taking away the days? I don't understand. Like they're just taking away. This, and since when is Silly Shirt Friday a thing? It's Casual Friday, Yeah, it's Friday, called Casual right? Friday. And you just wear jeans and a fucking T-shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so annoying. And, like, this this one character was, like, he kind of was, like, the outlet for all, like, the really specific but not specific Christian humor. Like, you know, it wasn't, like, it wasn't funny because it's, like, I was, you know, able to get it. I feel yeah. like they could have made wasn't... it a bit more of, like, an inside joke. Like, when... Christian is like fully into the Christmas because spoiler alert, he does completely abandon his perfectly logical beliefs and go <laughs> balls deep in Christmas again. He literally slides down the middle of his foyer like it's a fucking water slide. <laughs> and then this character who I don't think has oh no, it's Dre. Dion no, it's DeAndre, sorry. DeAndre then yells out, Part the Red Sea, y'all. It's like Oh god. It's, it's so like one cringe. of the most well known stories. Yeah, it's like, come on, give us, like, something a little bit, you know, give us something funny. Like, you know, I'm sure the Bible's got some funny shit in it. This, it's a big I really book. did not expect this movie to be about um, what it is, like, about yeah. Christians getting mad at other Christians. It's just, it's gonna, it, I think it's all just to help Kurt Cameron get over his white person guilt for when they're overindulging in... Christmas time. I don't think it's white guilt. I think it's just like, I don't know, maybe people, I, I don't know. I think like Christian is honestly the most rational character in this movie. It's like, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we love Christmas. You know, yes, we love to celebrate with family and friends. But like, the the whole idea, like, at the end, basically. No, I'm saying Kurt Cameron's the one who's guilty. Yeah. And he's trying no, to, but, he's trying to make himself feel better. No, he's just playing the victim because he's offended that there's a war on Christmas because he's taking that personally. I mean, like, in real life. No, I think the reason that he made the movie is because he took that whole war on Christmas thing personally. He saw the red Starbucks cup thing and he was like, what is happening to America? <laughs> this country is falling apart. Like, well, I think it's because he feels guilty at this time of year that he's not giving back and that he sh- feels like he shouldn't have to feel guilty. Oh, that's definitely plausible. Um, what were you saying? Right, because you didn't actually watch this part. Because I didn't watch the ending, after, no. After the dance break. Because it was like a good 20 minutes after that. So <laughs> at the end, it's kind of like the beginning, except it's just a voiceover. Um, and it's just, and the kind of the action on the screen is like, you know, everyone enjoying dinner. They're all, you know, during Christmas dinner together, lo- laughing and joking, eating, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's like another... So uh, there's a dance break, spoiler alert, there's a really stupid dance break and I think our outro song will be the song that plays. It's like this Kanye West version of <laughs> Angels Here on High. Like it's ridiculous. Like it's so crazy. Um, so we'll play that 
as the outro song so you guys can get a taste. Um, mm-hmm. And it goes for six minutes, this dance break. No one can dance <laughs> in it. Like, it's so bad. Anyway, so after that, there's, like, a big – everyone gets in front of the camera together. They're all looking directly into the camera. It's so, like, breaking every rule of film. <laughs> Kirk Cameron goes, now let's feast. Everyone starts screaming at the top of their lungs Ew. and leaves the shot to go into the other room to eat, I guess. And then this is, like, this next sermon. So it's, like, the fifth sermon in this entire fucking movie. And he's basically saying, like, and some things I'm like, you know what? I get it. Because it is a really great time of year. It's a joyous time of year, especially for Christians, because it's, like, birth of Jesus. You know, woot, go hard. Great. You know, totally get that. But he's like, you know, God would want us to be wasteful because because we couldn't eat enough. We couldn't laugh enough. We couldn't dance enough or smile enough. Like, there is... Even, you know, we could do all this to the absolute max and it still wouldn't scratch the surface of how, like, happy this day is. And it's like, that's a really bad cop-out for being wasteful. And then he's like, then he says this at the end. He said, and I know that people are worried about being materialistic. Well, it's okay because Jesus was a material body. (laughs) You know, That's basically his argument is like, well, Jesus' body was god's material vessel so you can be materialistic as you want they're just writing themselves a a whole pass to just buy themselves whatever the fuck they want Mm -hmm. and they and they even say like you know we should be taking the old traditions and repurposing them like it's like but that's ridiculous like you're basically saying we can be lazy we can be wasteful we can be consumerist and all this stuff as long as we you know, take something from the Bible, misconstrue it in a really obscure way. Yeah. And it's totally it does, fine yeah. because because it's like, you know, it's Christmas and it's a time to be happy. It's like, but it's kind it of doesn't like make shitting sense. on everyone who struggles over Christmas almost. Yeah. And I'm all for progressive re- um, religions and ones oh. that get modern, but I... 100%. I, religion, a big part of religion is the tradition, is the exactly. history of it, is the symbolism of the original symbols. You don't need to repurpose the symbolism of Jesus Christ or, you know, the the manger or the cloth for whatever reason. We spent a lot mm. of time talking about a cloth. Because we... if we're thinking about it, like, Jesus is pretty much the best thing to come out of Christianity. Like, he yeah. was just this dude that just was loved everyone. Loved everyone, yeah. He was just a chill-ass dude that just, you know, he loved other people and he wanted to help other people. Like, yeah. that's pretty much the best thing you're going to get from Christianity as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like, so from don't, the you Bible don't need to... You don't need to repurpose it into this whole snow globe, Christmas tree, Santa Claus bullshit. Just accept that it's a little silly that we also celebrate the other stuff and get on with it. Mm, like... The thing that really got me, though, was, like, the whole repurposing of the cross and the tree. Of the tree. Mm. That was ridiculous. Like, it made no sense to me at all. It was like that. that a lot of the... So we talked about the first one, how it was a snow globe, and he somehow drew a conclusion from the manger and the cloth at the manger to the snow globe. But I don't know. And then they were saying, like, at the end they got the nutcracker, and oh, they were yeah, like, and they made another This is the thing. Nutcracker, and they made it like the soldier. Soldier. Because they said like, all of Herod's soldiers were guarding Jesus. So let's get the Nutcracker, which is this other Christmas tradition, and repurpose it as a soldier for Jesus. Because they basically said at the end, just take everything and point it towards Jesus. But it's like, mm-hmm. but you're like doing the fucking opposite of that by saying, let's repurpose everything that we know in the Bible and make it a, a justification for us being wasteful and consumerist during Christmas. When like... Let's be real, Santa Claus, I think I said in the last episode, was invented by Coca-Cola. Like, the image yeah. of Santa Claus that you see, yeah. nothing nothing ever, even related to it before Coca-Cola, like, you know, took that and ran with it. Like, there was, like, obviously they had St. Nicholas and they had, like, Sinterklaas and all those things in other cultures, but they never, ever, ever had this jolly fat white dude. Like, he was yeah. just always known as the patron saint of, like, children and stuff like that yeah but he was never known as like this this character until coca-cola was like oh we should make a we should make him this jolly guy and we should make him into this thing let's take this old pagan saint and turn him into a device 
Yeah. It was very frustrating to watch because at the every time we came out of the flashbacks or when we come out of the one, for example, with the snow globe and the he's manger. He's so on board. He's so on Christian has changed his mind and he's like, Completely. his mind is blown. And Kurt Cameron just sits in the driver's seat, I think, smug. No. Yeah. Oh, he's in the he's in the passenger seat. No, 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 seat. he's in the driver's seat. Oh, he's in the driver's seat because he's driving. No, this he's in the passenger seat. Oh fuck. Okay, well, this sorry, was I'm that. trying to think of an American car. Yeah, no, he's in the passenger seat. He's on the right like, hand. He's like, yeah, you're fucking right. He he is like got this smug fucking oh, smile on his smug. face. Oh, he's smug. You just like, want to punch him every you, single bitch. time. It's like, oh, it's so annoying. And this is the thing that I don't like about you know Christians, and I'm not saying all Christians because I definitely know Christians who are not like this at all. But a lot of Christians that I've had experiences with are like that, where he's like making this guy out to f- be the like the aggressor in all of this. He's like, now you have been an asshole because you're feeling bad. You feeling bad is making everyone else feel bad and mm. you're disrespecting your wife. It's like, what? Where did you get that from? This is the most frustrating thing about it. That it was just like, they could just write these characters to say whatever they want and yeah. It's the annoying, they weren't, and this is the bad writing where it comes in. These characters aren't following logical thought necessarily. There's no arguing. They're just very easily swaying to one way. Mm. And There's no fighting it. Like, it basically is like, every time Christian comes up with something, Kirk will then pull something out of the Bible, loosely relate it and bend it to make it Chris, Christmas yes. related. And they'd be like, see, it's actually super Christian. Didn't you and- know? And, and then he's um, like, oh, my God, you're so right. Santa Claus always, is the man. Yeah, and he would always um, get Christian to – oh, Christian would always deliver his line. I mean, Christian mm. – the, the actor who plays Christian is also the director. Yeah, um, and, and Kirk the Cameron is the executive producer. So it's and like they these were two all are, on the same team. They were all on the same team. And the way that Christian said his points was very uncertain and – not a hundred percent correct sometimes about the mm. whole pagan thing. He was purposely mm. just saying them kind of wrong to show that. So these... it seemed like he didn't really know what he was talking about. Yeah. And the people who are on that side of the argument don't actually know what they're talking about to like exactly. completely discredit the whole thing. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So we come back out and we're about to go into our next, our next thing. And, and the next point that Christian comes up with is the fact that it's a pagan tradition to bring in the, uh, the tree the the pine mm. tree at christmas time and that it hasn't and he keeps saying over and over show me in the bible where there's a christmas tree blah 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 show, show me, me in the bible, bible show me in the bible Nicholas's. and it's like um yeah so basically kirk comes up with this this idea and i mean this was a real reach like when i was watching this i, I was, know are you for real basically this is the crux of it so because when because I thought Christmas was just meant to be about Jesus being born. It's now yeah. about Jesus' entire life and everything that happened before and everything that <laughs> happened after. So we start off at Genesis when um, Adam ate the apple. I mm. thought it was Eve. Yeah, but they it was, it was supposed to be Eve first, but they said Adam for some reason. Anyway, whatever. Adam ate the apple and because of that, he was banished and he can never get to the tree of life. So, and also the other thing is like, God loves trees. Like he, he just fucking loves them. So that's another reason why you should have a Christmas tree. Um, yeah. So basically what, what his theory is, is because Adam ate the apple, he stole it from God. And the only way to put it back would be because the apple is now in his body would be to put himself back on the tree which, of course, he couldn't really do. But because when Jesus died, he put his body back on the cross, that's like him putting his body back on, back on the tree because Adam was a child of God and Jesus was a child of God. So it's like they're both, you know, putting – like it's like, you know, karma almost. But it's like that still doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it was such a reach that he it was – It was ridiculous. I mean, like, look – if you are Christian and if this is, like, you know, true and if it is, like, you know, a well-known fact among Christians that this is, like, a true correlation, by all means, let us know. But to me, I don't know, it just didn't even make sense. Like, and then they came back to the cloth and then they were like, yeah, 
So I was just like, looking up. You should some... do what the disciples did when the cloth went missing, when you saw the cloth. And oh. then you got to run and tell everyone because Jesus is alive. I was just like, what? that was the last one. Like, Yeah, I know. We can't do that again because that means now. it's the second coming of Jesus and the apocalypse. So you've got to go out and tell everyone again? It's yeah. like... <laughs> um, I was just looking up some stuff and it says the modern Christmas tree is frequently traced to the symbolism of trees in the pre-Christian winter rites where Viking and Saxon worship trees. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we know that about normal. the pagan. And then it says mm-hmm. here, alternatively, it is identified with the tree of paradise. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh, to do with Adam and Eve, so I think yeah, it's there like was two trees because there was the tree of good and evil, which is the tree that they eat the fruit from, yes. which is why they were banished and they can never access the tree of life. Which I guess was to make children, but they still fucking made children. So it's, I don't maybe know. the tree of eternal life. I have no idea. I don't know, but the tree of life was like, I mean, that's very common in all cultures in that kind of area. I mean, like in Celtic culture, there's a tree of life, and I'm pretty sure that was pagan too. Like, I know. the tree of life is huge in, in Celtic mythology. Yeah, and basically, Kurt Cameron's point is that Christmas trees are Christian because the Bible mentions trees. Not Christmas hmm. trees, just trees in general. They basically. are in the Bible, so that means that they are Christian, and thus the Christmas tree is sacred. Yeah, and it, basically it's kind of like, well, God made the trees, so... like Yeah, and he, he was saying that all that stuff about God well. making lights... And I was like, yeah. do you mean candles? Because not yeah, even then did we make, we made the candles, we made the light bulbs. No, there was something about, I don't know, it was something about like um, God organising the planets. Like he started talking about right. the planets as well. And then he was like, oh yeah, well God made the planets, so blah, 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 like this. Oh no, it was in relation to the winter solstice. And he was like, well, the winter solstice isn't Christian, but it is because God made the planets and he made them go in that way. Which which so just means just like coincidence. It's like in that logic up. everything is related then. To Christmas, yeah, because God made it. It's like Yeah. <laughs> it, it, where's the like, you know, it's just like God shut also up. made shut up. summer. Like, like they don't celebrate Christmas in the summer. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, what about us? Are we now like Satan because we're celebrating Christmas in the summer? The yes, that's so true. What Christmas about the now? people I mean, that are doing Christmas now? But what about the Christians that don't use all this stuff? Does that make them less Christian that they were not partaking what about the in? Christians who don't like hot chocolate, Yanni. Yeah. <laughs> what are they gonna do? Which is, by the way, they're going I, straight to hell. I think it's going to be a uh, hot chocolate cocktail with a side of an eggnog shot. Okay, I also took down the nog shot. This is my nog idea. Shot. <laughs> Our cocktail is nog shot and it's straight turpentine and you watch this movie and drink it until you die. <laughs> so you got to just keep on chugging that turpentine and uh, then you like chase it with some eggnog or you take a nog shot, chase it with the turpentine until you die. So we get out of the tree sequence and he's like, yep, totally onto it. Fantastic. Now we get to the third one, which is Santa Claus. Why isn't Santa Claus in the Bible? <laughs> and Kirk is like, because he was actually St. Nicholas. And it's like, yeah, we all know that guy, right? Yeah. He's just the saint. Like, he was just a saint before Coca-Cola made him into Santa Claus. Um, but basically, because he was, like, the guy that defended Jesus when people were trying to say that Jesus wasn't the son of God, he's mm. now automatically, like, cornerstone Christmas. Yeah. Um, when there was probably a whole lot of other people who were like, eh, don't really agree with that. Um, and also because he gave gifts to children, so that's where that comes from. And then every other culture kind of trickled down and, and got that. And uh, but there was this, like, ridiculous dubstep playing the whole time. Oh, and the way they depicted this this Saint Nick, he was grubby, and I was like... And then at one point he's like, okay, now let's go give the kids some presents. And, and there's like, that creepy smile. So creepy. And for some reason they had a cut of this flashback or or imagination at the very beginning of the film. Mm, I noticed that too. I thought I was like, I thought there was something, I thought I was like hallucinating. I have no idea what was going on. And basically you just see like this shadowy figure. I think you can Mm. see his shepherd's cane. I'm not sure. And um, this girl enters the room and she goes, he's here. And then he goes, where? And then she goes, he's here. Yeah. In the tavern. <laughs> and then he's like, let me go get my coat. And I'm like, pretty sure no one in like the first century ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're good. And then 
there's like he it, it's real Game of Thronesy. It is very and Game of Thronesy. Like, I was gonna say that. But did you notice that everyone in that scene is people in the dinner, like in the normal? No, scene? I didn't realize. It is. I wonder the, the budget is five hundred thousand. Exactly, that's what I wrote down. They obviously ran out of money at that point. <laughs> um, and they're just reusing the actors from the thing. They're thinking people are going to think, oh, that's creative, but it's actually because they don't have any more money for any more actors. And what was so um, annoying yes. about this scene is that there's this guy who says, you know what, maybe that wasn't actually Jesus, the, the first coming of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And St. Nick comes down next to him and is just like yeah nah and just completely bashes the shit out of him and i'm like is this advocating against freedom of speech Uh, i'm not quite sure what they're trying to say here like if someone disagrees with your religion you should kick their ass yeah it was just like and then he was like oh well saint nick was a bad guy but it like in a good guy way and i was like he went around fucking bashing people he was a real bad bad dude and I mean bad in the good way. You're either, like, I, I know that, I mean, look, we have a lot of discussion on morality and ethics on this podcast, but, like, <laughs> there is kind of, like, a, it's a blurred line, but there's a line still between, like, you know, what's good and what's bad. Yeah. Bashing people because they don't believe the same thing in you is considered in today's modern crime. age. A hate crime. <laughs> is that too politically correct? I don't know. <laughs> Because they also mention political correctness, and when people do this, I just think it's so lazy. It's like, oh, so you're you're angry because people are just trying to like make other people feel included. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, okay, and you can. Okay. That's all I need. To you know. can definitely pick the people, like what the people look like, that are against political correctness because obviously they fit whatever, like perfectly into what they were assigned, with mm. you know. Their gender, their race, their looks, their sexuality, they have just completely fitted in and that's fine, but they also just don't understand why other people would want to not only just fit into a group, but also just be called something that is respectful or that is appropriate. Well, they just, I think what they have a problem is, is just people, is just them having to go out of their way to respect other people. And it's like, it's really not that hard to just be respectful of other people. If it is hard for you, then you are the problem. Yes, and this ties in with the cup thing, the whole Starbucks cup thing. Yeah, it's like if it is hard for you to literally say, oh, I respect you because you don't believe the same thing as me. You know, we may not believe the same thing, but I still respect you. Or you may not, you know, conform to what I think is like a, a, like what I think the correct genders are, but I still respect that. Mm. You know, it's like... It's like you don't have to agree, but you can at least just give people the dignity of just respecting it or just leave them the fuck alone if all yeah, you're going to do don't, is bring pain. Don't complain about the whole, like, okay, you don't want to partake, partake in being politically correct. Just don't say anything then that is like yeah, not And it's like, okay. do you think, and, and like to people who like, you know, really get, in a in a tizzy about like political correctness and and that kind of thing it's like what do you think jesus would do because you always ask yourself that question wwjd what would jesus do i don't think jesus personally would give a shit i think he'd be like live your life honey i'm just trying to build some shit because i'm a carpenter yeah exactly jesus like hanged out with you know um what prostitutes prostitutes and and beggars and you know all of them and he loved them all sick people and i'm sure he would have respected them enough to call them whatever they want to be called or whatever they because you know what god made them how they are yeah exactly you know um and after seeing the queer eye episode with tammy who is this really religious woman who is so accepting of gay people and of all other people i'm like you know what there is no excuse for anyone now this woman who's you know this old woman like she's not old she's a middle-aged woman who's grown up her whole life in the south like she's in the south she's in georgia she's in this rural community small town you know her son's gay she has another son who i think has a disability or something you know she could have like you know all of these misgivings and like 
not only is she not that at all, like she is a loving, like she is honestly so inspiring. If you haven't seen the episode, no, I, ha- I don't watch the show, but that's really interesting it's, to hear. It's really, really good because it like, it definitely means that there is uh, no excuse when you you can hold on to your faith is. as tightly as you want and still be accepting of other people's of other people. choices, yeah. not choices. And sorry, I mean, and even better though, like not only does she accept her gay son for who he is and love him, she acknowledged that she didn't initially accept him in the past and she said i was wrong Mm. and i she even begged him for forgiveness and was like i want you to say that you forgive me because i know that i was wrong which is something that a lot of religious people don't do and not only that she called on every other person in her community to fight against people perpetrating hate because she said oh shit yeah (laughs) but she said you know God made my son this way. I know that, you know, if it was up to him, he probably wouldn't choose that life for himself for my sake. Mm. Um, you know, she said, I can't, you know, I can't believe that he would choose, you know, like she she was so like, you know, she was like, God has made my son this way. I'm not going to change him. I'm not going to try to change him. You know, I love my son. I have to make the choice between, you know, God and my son. You know, she would choose her son. Yeah. And she called on every other single person in that church. She read them all to Phil. She said, Jesus says, you know, love your neighbor, you know, love other people. Don't give a fuck what they do in their own homes. That's their business. She was Mm -hmm. a fucking good woman. And it really just showed that there is no excuse. Like you can be Christian. You can love God as much as you want, but it's like, it still doesn't excuse you from being a shitty person and being an asshole to other people. Yeah. And that is a hundred percent true. And it's something that this film doesn't, advocate very well doesn't address yeah so basically he did we talk about santa we did yes yes and so how basically it's... santa comes through and oh yeah and then kirk cameron comes back to the cloth yet again and then he's like he says this he says death was finally killed what like is... death was to oh Jesus yes yes yeah resurrection yeah and i was like i just laughed because i was like girl that makes no sense and i have this question because i i've never actually kind of found out what happens but like what happens after Jesus is resurrected? Like, I'm pretty just... sure there are more stories, but I'm I've never really heard any. Because it just kind of ends at that point, but it's like I'm pretty sure. So what is he? Do? He gets does taken he up to heaven at to one his... point. He goes back to heaven. I swear. Oh, so he goes home. He does. Yes, he et go home. <gasps> stop it, JC yeah. go home. Stop, JC go. Home. Oh my god, I couldn't. <laughs> I could not. I could not stop myself. Um, yeah, I'm, I just, like, I don't know. I've never really asked anyone kind of, you know, what happens after that because it's always – it just kind of always, like, neatly ends there. Like, it's like, you know, he, he's crucified and then it's like three days later he's like – and everyone's like, yes, he's back. And yeah. then it just ends. It's like, so what does he do after that? Does he, like, just go back to his normal shit? Does he, like – you know, is he like, fuck you guys, I'm brand new, and he starts doing something else? Like, I literally don't know. I'm so, so... – Yeah curious that i'm looking it so, up right now but i don't know whether i'll find a quick answer on this one god so basically um after that christian is on board he's like santa's the man we love a christmas tree and um and fuck yeah materialism and he slides on the tiles like it's a water slide headbutts a gift deandre's like part the red sea y'all um and, and then he like, makes this oh wait no maybe that hasn't hold on where are my notes? No, no, no. It hasn't happened yet because Kirk's like, you need to apologize to your wife. She's she's really, oh. really upset about this. No, but he makes this weird um, connection between the presence under the tree with the with a, sky, oh, a yeah. city skyline. He, he does this whole like really Zionist thing about Jerusalem. And then he's like, there's a wall and there's all around a tree. And it's like, okay, great. We get it. God loves trees. Everyone yeah. <laughs> loves trees, tree of life. Totally understand. Okay. We're on the same page now. Um. And then we get back into this whole thing and then he apologizes to his wife. Yep. And he's like, I've got something for you. And she's like, what is it, big papa? And yeah. I was like, yuck, Ugh, gross. That was disgusting. Not today. Out Not of on character. Jesus' day. Please. Yeah, she instantly, it's like she is really trying to fuck at that moment. Yeah, like she's like, <laughs> just yeah, for that split it? second. She is she's trying like to fuck. She's like into it. <laughs> she's cracking on and he's just like, and then, like, it stops because everything has to be explained in this movie. And Kirk Cameron's like, you would think he's going to kiss her. But, no, this is a movie where things are that are unexpected happen. Yeah. And then um, he's like, yeah, I planned a dance break. 
And she was like, what? And then it just like shoots into this dance break that goes for like six minutes long. Like the track just like, like they just keep looping like the end part of the track. Yeah. Everyone has a dance. Kirk can't dance for shit. There's like these three white women dancing. It's like, why do, this is the second Christmas film we've had end with a dance break. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know what it is about. I don't think I've ever danced on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's going to have to become a tradition. Maybe me and Yanni will film a dance break at the end of Christmas <laughs> in July. It might happen. Yeah. It may not. Um, but yeah, so there's dance break. Oh, yeah. And before the dance break, they say, hit it, DeAndre. Because obviously the black guy's in charge of the music. He yeah. doesn't dance at all, which annoys me. Because it's like, I thought he was meant to be in charge of this whole thing. No. Nah. Everyone else is dancing. And then they try. They put this like Kanye West kind of vibe in at the end, and I'm like, guys, please stop. Yeah, I should note um, to everyone listening that this is where I stopped watching because I was like, yeah, this is boring. Yanni was over it. I, was, I assumed it was the end. I was wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, yeah, Kirk tries to do the worm. He sucks at it. Christian does this dance, like this floor work that you can tell he just practiced for ages on. And then we go to the end. And he does the sermon and he basically justifies everything that people do at Christmas, which is kind of deplorable. Um, <laughs> and then he talks about hot chocolate again and that's the end of the movie. And yeah. then I was like, great, never seeing this again. Never. That was, Whew. it was a really difficult it sit. It's like when yeah. you're listening to a podcast and you hear them say stuff that you disagree with and you just want to kind of like join in on the conversation. And be like, uh... Yeah, but you but can't. According to the It was exactly like that. <laughs> I was like, like, no. Yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, I just kept on saying, like, what the fuck to myself, like, throughout this movie. Because it was just difficult to sit through. Uh-huh. Um, And I, I don't know. I feel like for a lot of Christians, it would also be difficult to sit through. Yeah. So should we jump into our reviews? Oh, yes. I completely forgot. No. Like, we're really bad with the segments this time around. So yeah, guys, look, we suck at everything. I don't think we've ever successfully gotten through an episode. No. So I have my review here. Oh, yeah. From... Well, then you go for it. Where is it from? Usually you do uh, professional. Yeah, this is from um, the Washington Post. I'll, I'll keep it quick. Okay. If Kirk Cameron were working at a shopping mall kiosk, I'd probably consider buying whatever he was selling, even if I already owned two of them. Far removed from his growing pains heyday, the 44-year-old actor retains the same denial, twinkly-eyed charm that made him a teen heartthrob. But boy, does he work that salesmanship in Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, a glorified infomercial in defense of the holiday that contains about 15 minutes of actual content padded out with almost an hour of filler. It's no wonder that Cameron's name is featured so prominently in the title as narrator, star, and on-camera host of the tale, <laughs> which he introduces, which he introduces over a mug of hot cocoa by a roaring fire, as if this were masterpiece theater or something. <laughs> Cameron presents himself as not just an executive producer, but some kind of superhero in an ugly Christmas sweater, ready to single-handedly rescue the baby Jesus from the burning fires of secularism. It's very true what he was saying about the filler. There was a lot of slow motion shots of Christmas yeah. ornaments and they were quite lavish. And A lot of shit. A lot of boring, weird shit that didn't make sense. Yeah, so I got uh, the user reviews because it seems like you do the professional, I do the user ones. Um, there is a lot here. So this one is called How Wretchedly Horrible and Insulting. That's the title. <clears throat> All right. This has to be one of the most insulting and wretched movies of all time. It doesn't even look like anyone bothered to edit it um, competently, much less write a decent script. Don't bother with this unless you need to educate yourself on the latest crap out of Kirk Cameron's pie hole. Just total garbage. I personally would like to know what exactly happened to this kid back in the 90s to cause this mess. (laughs) (laughs) Is he claiming that Kirk Cameron was molested or something? Um... Please, if you see this film, then give it a review here. People need to be warned fairly about the disgusting nature of it as well as the incompetent work done on it. <laughs> Kirk Cameron, 
please blink once if you need help. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Uh, um, yeah, look, this movie was bad. Um, it was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. It was bad. I'd love to. Do you have a shining star at all? No. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> oh, no. My shining star is the fake baby in the nativity scene. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, trying to think what. That's how dire this movie is. Yeah. It is honestly. Mine's the cloth then. Oh. The featured cloth is going to be my shining star. Wait, can you tell them that story about when you were in the nativity play? Oh, yeah. So when I was... This is so funny to me. It's great. So my I went to a Christian school and so did Sophia. You were Christian. It was Christian, No, I didn't. What was Uh, it? My school... I think it is Christian for tax purposes, but it was... was, I mean, they say... They say non-denominal. They say non-denominational, but we do... There was a lot of prayer. Well, that's what I always just associated. Because it was so, it seems so heavily. All right. So Sophia didn't on on the surface. For tax purposes, it's an Anglican college. Right. But they never say, like, they never disclose that in any kind of, like, But you would pray at assembly and stuff like that? Yeah. So, yeah. So we have, like, the school assembly and we would do a prayer every assembly, which was every Friday. And then we'd also have a college creed, which is totally giving away where I went to school. If anyone is in Brisbane <laughs> and knows about my school, um, we would basically say uh, love of one another, love of humankind, love of life itself and love of God, which was really strange because there wasn't really a whole lot of other religious stuff. Oh, interesting. In my school. But we would just always pray and then have this creed, which was really integrated with God for some reason. And then like every kind of, Big event, there was like a prayer. So Anzac Day and graduation, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So I went to a school that was unabashedly, you know, Christian. When you walk in to the gates now, there is a cross, a wooden cross at the front. And we would do, you know, chapel services on Monday and assembly on Friday when we would pray. And every time around the uh, Easter and Christmas holidays, we would put on pageants, just like other schools do. Um, so this was back when I was in primary school. It was the Christmas pageant. I was too fat to be Jesus, clearly. So I was a, <laughs> I was a wise man. And, um, you know, it was a very makeshift, uh, do-it-yourself kind of production. <laughs> so they, supplies, they supplied us with the costumes and the beards. <laughs> but uh, we had to bring in, you know, the gifts that were given to <laughs> Jesus. And so... Um, my, I had to bring in frankincense and I had no idea what the fuck frankincense was. I just knew it was a gift and it had to be very pretty looking. It had to be in a bottle. So I was, I went to my mom and I'm like, can, do you have any pretty bottles that I can use? And she gave me a lovely little pink little bottle, which just happens to be fantasy by Britney Spears. (laughs) So it's the, it's the, it's the perfume by Britney Spears called Fantasy. So there I am walking across the stage, presenting it to the baby's alive doll that I guess played Jesus, like some sort of shrine to to Britney Spears, to I guess. Britney Spears. <laughs> so that's Britney Spears. That's oh, my Christmas no. story. Uh, God is a woman, and that woman <laughs> is Britney Spears. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that story. It just makes me laugh every time. I don't think we had any nativity scenes when I was in school. I went to pretty, I mean, apart from my high school, like um, my primary school in New Zealand was not religious at all. Mm. Um, so we never really had. I mean, we had religious education, but like, I mean, I yeah, didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, interesting. Yeah, we didn't really do anything religious, so I don't really think we ever had a nativity scene. Which is, I guess, probably for the best. Everyone else, yeah. Look, I mean, I didn't know anything because I don't know anything anymore. I don't know anything now. Yeah, I don't know anything either. Yeah, I mean, well, you know for sure that that frankincense is fantasy by Britney Spears. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. Um. And we also know now that we are all babies born to die. Yes. Like Lana Del Rey, born to die at the appointed time. Right. Have you got to get on that at all? My get on that this week would probably just be, yeah, this season two, episode one, 
of Queer Eye, mm-hmm. um, which is the episode where they feature Tammy, who is this really lovely woman. I, if you haven't watched it, I really recommend you do. If you're Christian, maybe it'll inspire you to be more like her. If you're not Christian, it'll give you hope that there are people out there that are like her. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, what was your get on that? Um, I think I might do a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a bit of a film buff and I listen to, uh, a few podcasts that deal with films as well. Um, not quite mm-hmm. like ours. And one of them no. is, one of them is called, uh, Little Gold Men and it, it focuses specifically on um, the award season of film and TV, actually. It's run by Vanity Fair, and it's got some really um, great... Uh, it's usually done by, like, the, the writers or the uh, like the, the TV writers or the um, film reviewers of Vanity Fair, and they're all really smart people, I find, and they always have something insightful, and they are just great. And we just had the Emmys and I was listening to their Emmys podcast and what they thought was going to win. Apparently Sandra O oh is the first um, the Asian runner? Asian lady oh to my... win an Emmy. Wait, I thought the Emmys, I thought the nominations just come out. Oh, well then, sorry. She hasn't won yet. She's just been nominated. Yeah, no, I saw that she was nominated. Honestly, oh, right. that would be so exciting for Sandra I, oh. I reckon she... Love Sandra O. Oh. I reckon she will win. I hope so. I think she's great. Like, she always she played the supporting. It. Yeah, like she was so good in, in Grey's Anatomy for so fucking long. Mm. She deserves to be the star and she deserves an Emmy for all of her hard work. Friend of the podcast, Sandra O, oh, you have my vote. Um, another really interesting thing, uh, not to, just to stem from the Emmys, um, there's this really great comedian and writer, Megan Amram, mm. Um and she writes for The Good Plays, and I think she wrote for Parks and Rec and a bunch of other things. And she actually has a web series which she created because she wanted to be nominated for an Emmy, and she noticed that there's, like, a web series category. Mm. Um, she called it an Emmy for Megan. Mm. Um, it's so funny. And she is now Emmy-nominated for that series, which is oh. so iconic. Brilliant. That is very so meta. So on that. It's like, yeah, super meta. Yeah. Super funny. She's great. Um, love it. But yeah, I, li- I like that idea. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to listen to that podcast now. Oh, yeah. It's really good. And it has two. I love, Um, I believe her name is uh, Katie, one of them. And the other one is Joanna. They're really, Um, I just always value their opinions. They're really great. Really smart people. Yeah, we, yeah, we love Vanity Fair. Friends of the podcast, Vanity Fair. Yeah. <laughs> also, something I look forward to um in awards season is the Hollywood Reporter Roundtables. Those are so good. Yes, those are really good because you get to see some really famous actors, really smart actors chatting with other famous smart actors. Yeah, it's always such a good time to watch. And even though there's like, um, I think the lady who hosts them, the one with the blonde hair, I really like her. There's another couple of people that do them that I don't really like, but Mm. usually she kind of stimulates a really good conversation. Um, There's one out with like Deborah Messing because of Will and Grace and um, Tracy Ellis Ross and... Drew Barrymore from Santa Clarita Diet. It's so good. We get to see all these great women that we love. And it's just something I really look forward to every award season. I love seeing these people kind of talk about their shows and, you know. And why they're important and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We love the Emmys. I honestly love the Emmys so much now yeah. that I'm thinking about it. They always have good Probably. hosts too, like Amy yeah. and Tina do it. We oh. did it uh, several times. <sighs> they were so good. I really, really want – um. Nick Kroll and John Mulaney to do. Yes, because do they've one. done the Spirit Awards and something they else. They did the Spirit Awards. Well, they did it so, twice. The Spirit yeah. Awards, yeah, they did it twice. They did this year and last year. They were so fucking funny. Like, I love Nick Kroll and John Mulaney with all of my heart. Yeah. And I really want them to get, like, a one of the one of the EGOTs. I want them to do them. Oh. I reckon they should have done the they Tony totally, Awards. Have they got a Tony? I don't think they did get a Tony. That's sad. Because... I hate crime. I know. And the easiest way for an actor to get a Grammy would be to do an audio book. Which is, I reckon they could do. Oh, totally. They could win a Grammy for an audio book. Or like a stand-up album. Yeah. Oh, come on, guys. Come on, where's the ego? Jesus. Get on Whoopi Goldberg's level. Yeah. (laughs) Or Cher. I think Cher has one as well. Yeah, Cher's 
fucking fantastic. I yeah. can't wait to see Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia 2. Oh, brilliant. Oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> my, my. Right. Well, this is turning out to be the longest episode, I think. Yeah, this has been the longest episode so far. Yeah. Um, give or take a few minutes due to like technical difficulties. We really avoided talking about this as much as we could. Yeah. <laughs> um, long um, story short. Wait, is there any other segment that we have to do? No, I think. No, those are the ones we're kind of sticking with at the moment. So I think those yeah, are Yeah, we ticked all the boxes. Yeah, we we, we succeeded. Yeah, guys, we did the cocktail too. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, we did the cocktail as well, which is a new thing. Um, Guys, don't watch this movie. No. Please don't do it. Absolutely not worth your time. If you're Christian, don't watch it. Don't watch it, it either. If you'll be offended. Religious, yeah. Yeah, you'll be like, excuse me. Yeah. If you're Christian, don't watch it. If you're not religious, don't watch it. If you love Christmas, absolutely don't watch it. No. If you hate Christmas, I wouldn't recommend it either. But if you hate Christmas, you probably wouldn't watch any of these movies. So, fair. Um, thanks, guys, so much for listening to us go through this. Sophia, where can we find you online? Um, yeah, you can find me on Work With Sophia on all platforms um, and at my website, www.workwithsophia.com. I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing with this social media. But anyway, meh. Um, Yanni, what about you? Yep, you can find me at Yanni Signs at all social media. That would be like Instagram, Facebook if you really want to, uh, Snapchat, and um, Twitter. Yeah. Please do not try to find me on Facebook. I will not reciprocate your request. No, oh, that's sad. Oh, no, mm, no. Me. Um, yeah, suck eggs. Um, please subscribe <laughs> <laughs> to our podcast. Please leave a review if if you liked this episode, if you hated it. I kind of admit it was a bit of a cop-out from us, but we've got like three other ones. We've got like two more to do until Christmas in July is over. Um, yeah, we had to speak about it. It's it's pretty bad and it did make a profit, so it's technically like... Technically a success, so yeah. Yeah. So if fine. you have a problem with it, you can go take a nog shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys, so much for listening. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hit it, DeAndre. Angels we have burned all night, sweetly singing o'er the flames. And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains.